1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
2: You're listening ad-free on Apple Podcasts.
0: Hi, listeners. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours. This week, I'm bringing you a special episode from my podcast, My Life of Crime. In this season of My Life of Crime, I delve into the labyrinth of crime within families and the secrets that kept them together Or tore them apart. Many of us just celebrated Thanksgiving, a holiday where family is often top of mind, but the case. I'm about to share with you, follows a not-so-happy family. On September 13, 2006, a woman's body was found floating in California's Newport Beach Harbor. It was Barbara Mullinex who had been stabbed more than 50 times. Detectives immediately zeroed in on her ex-husband, but soon began to suspect her daughter, Rachel, and her boyfriend, Ian, as the evidence-led investigators To an unthinkable conclusion. Here's the episode. If you like what you hear, you can listen to more of My Life of Crime available wherever you get your podcasts. Newport Beach Harbor in Southern California. It takes less than an hour to drive there from the city of Los Angeles, but it feels worlds away. It's a safe haven for boaters, fishermen, and wealthy homeowners anyone looking to escape reality and that's why the events of september 2006 were so alarming to the people who lived there
3: who is the woman found floating in newport bay her identity still a mystery
0: on september 13th a body was found floating in the harbor a woman in her
4: 50s they removed the body from the water that was wrapped in a mattress pad and bed sheets and found a female white in her 50s with multiple stab wounds. It was an extremely big story.
0: Steve Mack was the Huntington Beach detective assigned to the case. What was it that told investigators immediately that this was a homicide?
4: The over 50 stab wounds in the victim's uh, torso, mainly above the neck and face area.
0: What was even more shocking, the victim had a butter knife lodged in one of her eyes as a detective when you hear that someone has been stabbed that many times what does that say to you to
4: me personally it means that it's a personal issue somebody that knew that victim uh is the one that
0: killed her who was she and why did someone want her dead i'm Erin moriarty and this is my life of crime When a middle-aged woman was found murdered and floating in the ocean near the Newport Beach Harbor, investigators struggled to find out who she was and who wanted her dead. The investigation would eventually lead where no one expected, but on that day, they just needed to know who the victim was. There were no missing persons who fit her description, and her fingerprints didn't match any in the databases. It was finally pathologist Sean Enlo who solved the mystery in a way I had never encountered.
4: We do have to go through extra hoops sometimes.
0: When Dr. Enlo did the autopsy, he discovered the victim had breast implants.
4: In this case, she had breast implants that had distinct serial numbers on them, and we were able to trace her identity through those serial numbers. Very unusual.
0: And that's how they learned the victim was 56-year-old Barbara Mullinex, residing nearby in the city of Huntington Beach. We were able to identify that she had an ex-husband
4: that she lived with named Bruce Molenex and a daughter named Rachel Scarlett Molynex.
0: That's Joe Cartwright, another detective who's with the Newport Beach Police Department. Once investigators knew the name of the victim, they needed to determine where she had been murdered. But the next problem was just tracking down any next of kin. They couldn't find either Barbara's ex-husband or her 17-year-old daughter, Rachel. Neither of them were in the hospital. Neither of them had been reported missing. Neither of them had reported her missing. So Detectives Cartwright and Mac went to the address listed as Barbara's home, a modest Huntington Beach condo. Here's Detective Mack.
4: Well, once we went in when the search warrant was signed, um, entering through the downstairs door, it's a two-story condominium, nothing seemed out of place. It seemed like a normal, lived-in family environment.
0: But when investigators went upstairs, Barbara's bedroom told a different story
4: and immediately something looked out of place because the bed had been disassembled and the mattress and box spring were missing.
0: And what did that say to you right away?
4: Instantly, that told me that this is where the crime occurred.
0: Detectives believe that the mattress and the box spring had been removed because they were probably saturated in Barbara's blood. Knowing that she was likely killed by someone she knew well and in her own home, it began to look a lot like a case of domestic violence. The obvious people of interest, boyfriends, and exes, like Barbara's ex-husband, Bruce. No, I understand. Um, I'm the
1: ex-husband. We're living in the same condo. I have watched crime shows. I've watched 48
0: hours. That's Barbara's ex, Bruce. I mean, the, the ex is usually the first person you go to. But Bruce told me he had once been very much in love with Barbara. She was very opinionated. Um, she
1: wasn't afraid to tell somebody what she thought. To me, that was attractive, it was different, it was, you know, I, I kind of liked it. I was taken by her.
0: The couple got married in Oklahoma and had their daughter, Rachel. Life was good. We found a nice house,
1: big backyard, great big pool. I mean, just everything you could want. And it was good. It was a lot of fun. And that's what Rachel was born
0: into. Bruce says, though, that over time, Barbara's drinking got in the way. Barbara had a problem. When
1: she got more and more into the drinking, that things started to get bad. And when Barbara got really drunk, then it would be a night of intense verbal bashing. It, it started to be the, the
0: main focus and the main experience in the house. Things got so contentious, the cops were called at least twice. Bruce and Barbara finally divorced when Rachel was about 13. Bruce says he left Oklahoma and moved to California. But three years later, Barbara and Rachel followed him because their money was tight. Barbara and Rachel moved in with Bruce in his too-small condo. Bruce says things between the couple only got worse, and Rachel was caught in the middle.
1: She would say something to Rachel like, well, you know, your dad is spending too much money, so you know, he's going to whore you out on the streets so he can pay the bills.
0: But if she so abusive? Why let her move in with
1: you? Rachel
0: begged me. Rachel asked me. After Barbara was murdered, when homicide detectives learned about the couple's history, they became very interested in talking to Bruce. But where was he? And then, just as they were going through the condo looking for evidence, they got a surprise visitor. Bruce Mullinex had just walked in the door. And what went through your head?
4: Well, I immediately knew I was wrong with him being a suspect.
0: How did you know that?
4: I don't think he would have returned uh, to the scene and tried to walk into it with us being there.
0: Bruce hadn't gone in hiding, he says. He told detectives that he'd just been out of town on business for several days. When they asked him about Rachel, the couple's daughter, Bruce told them that he had last spoken to her by phone on Tuesday, September 12th, the night before Barbara's body was discovered. Rachel had called to tell me
1: that She thought Barbara had had a drink or two and that she was worried it was gonna be another um, night, you know, like so many, yeah. And I said, Rachel, just, just stay in your room, call me if you need
0: to, and that was it. When he didn't hear from his daughter again or from Barbara, Bruce says he became concerned and called the father of Rachel's boyfriend and asked him to check out the condo.
1: And I said, "Hey, would you go over and just, you know, look at the condo?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'll have to go do that." So he he went over there and checked it, and the door was locked, but you know there was no sign of anybody. And um, so I just I still had
0: you know you get that feeling that something's wrong, but you can't put your finger on it. Bruce's story checked out. He had been on the road when Barbara was killed, and that left detectives with two other possible suspects: Rachel and her new boyfriend, Ian Allen. Was Rachel somehow involved in her mother's murder? No one had seen either Rachel or Ian since Barbara's body had been found. Did you have any idea where he was at that point? No, we did not. But at that point, did you believe that Ian Allen and Rachel Mullinex must be together? Yes. Investigators began the search for the young couple. Ian, 21 years old and 17-year-old Rachel. They soon learned that two weeks before Barbara's body had been found floating in the harbor, Rachel and her mother had a fight. Rachel and Ian had gone out for dinner and fell asleep at his house, breaking her curfew. Barbara later showed up on his doorstep. And what happened when Barbara got to Ian's house? Was it a big... Well, she was obsessed. She was
5: pounding on the door. So she was making a scene, um, dragging her out and embarrassing her, as I think most concerned parents would be at that point.
0: Sonia Balleste is an Orange County prosecutor who joined the hunt for Ian and Rachel. When cops checked Ian's computer, they discovered that someone had printed driving directions to Tampa, Florida. So now we knew where they were
5: going. So what we started to do was look at where they might be in that route based on how much time had passed and where we we expect them to be.
0: They were a long way from home. Ian's credit card had been used in the state of Louisiana at a gas station in a place called Sulphur, about 1,700 miles from home. We knew that
5: they had just been there, so we called the next town over. Uh, which is Lafayette Parish, and they set up on the I-10 looking for Ian's truck, and he was stopped.
0: Ian's truck was spotted, and local authorities pulled it over. Inside the truck, Ian and Rachel, who were taken into custody, and then both were arrested.
4: You are under arrest for the murder of your mother. (laughs) Do you know that I was
6: kidnapped? Do you know that?
4: I know that's what you're saying.
6: What do you mean? That's what I'm saying.
4: We have physical evidence to the contrary.
6: What do you really mean?
0: What really happened on the night of September 12, 2006? If I asked you how many
4: subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked
0: me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong.
3: Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com
4: slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com Wondery.
3: Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Pretended your half-painted living room is supposed to look like that? Well, you're not alone. We've all got unfinished home projects. But there's an easier way.
0: What happened in the Huntington Beach condo? What would cause someone to stab Barbara Mullinex over and over again and then, in an incomprehensible act, put a butter knife in her eye? After Rachel Mullinex was picked up in Louisiana, she told police a harrowing story, and she pointed the finger at her boyfriend, Ian Allen. She said he had killed her mother, and forced her to watch.
6: I was asleep. It was the middle of the night. I heard my mom scream my name. I ran in her room, and I saw Ian standing there on top of her, stabbing her. I tried to push him off, and he pushed me off and
0: knocked me out. Rachel told investigators that she remembered nothing after that until she regained consciousness in a nearby motel, bound and gagged by Ian. But Detective Joe Cartwright said the evidence didn't back her story. Was there any evidence at the Starlight Motel that, in fact, either Ian or Rachel had been there? No. While Rachel said her boyfriend had pushed her roughly out of the way— she didn't have any wounds consistent with being shoved against furniture. Detective Mack asked Rachel why she didn't even have a bruise.
4: Uh, Her response was that she's young, she doesn't bruise, old people bruise. But then she managed to find a small dime-sized bruise on her right forearm and point that out for me, but that was the only injury she had.
0: By now, Detectives Mack and Cartwright were beginning to believe that 17-year-old Rachel had made up the entire story. She was crying for, seemed like 20, 30 minutes,
4: uh, but I never saw a single tear.
0: But while detectives believed Rachel was more involved, her boyfriend Ian Allen seemed to back up her claims. He told detectives he killed Barbara and that he forced Rachel to help him dispose of her mother's car and her body.
4: She didn't need to be locked up or anything. I made her come with me. Okay. If I can get her back home to her dad where she belongs. You're not, it, that's not gonna happen.
0: Prosecutor Sonia Baeste, who would try Rachel for murder, didn't believe Rachel was a helpless bystander. Balleste says that Rachel had countless opportunities to call the police. Was there time after her mother was murdered that she could have either gone for help, called for help?
5: Numerous. Endless, endless opportunities.
0: And was there any attempt, any attempt to make a phone call? None. None. Why didn't Rachel try to get help for her mother, not even when she might have had the chance to save her mother's life? You don't know that she's dead. Maybe there's a chance to save her. Did you try to call 911? No. That's Rachel. Did you even take her pulse to see if she was dead?
6: No. A lot of people judge me because of this. And it's not fair.
0: But why didn't you run out the door and get help for your mother?
6: I was scared. It's like I freeze in fear.
0: When I later spoke to her in jail, she insisted she was a victim, that she was scared she would anger the man who had just killed her mother. But there is a video from that Louisiana gas station where Ian and Rachel stop to get gas that seems to contradict that. Prosecutor Baeste describes what is seen on the screen. where
5: Ian actually goes to use the ATM card, and Rachel is free, roaming around the store, getting something to drink, uh, paying for it herself, and then going about her way, meeting up with Ian again, uh, sort of in a very...
0: Loving manner. But Rachel says the video is deceptive. You don't look upset. You're not hysterical. You don't ask anyone for help. You don't leave a note for someone. Why not?
6: Nobody knows what they're going to do in this situation. Nobody. And I was scared. Of was what? Him. I didn't know what he's going to do next.
0: But why would Rachel want her mother dead? Relationships between mother and daughter can be complicated, but murder? Investigators learned that in the weeks and months before Barbara was murdered, her relationship with Rachel had become very strained and they fought most frequently over Rachel's relationship with Ian.
1: As things became more intense and Ian and Barbara started to compete, if you will, for control of Rachel, then that's when Ian started to get a taste of
0: who Barbara really was. Barbara was very intimidating. Rachel's father Bruce says that Barbara felt Ian was taking her daughter away and became upset when the couple announced their engagement. The more serious that Rachel was getting with Ian, Barbara thought that this
1: idea that she's gonna kind of have Rachel to help her survive after Rachel turns 18 or when my money stops I think that was now being threatened, and the threat was
0: Ian. Rachel told me that she believed Ian had gotten tired of her mother's interference. She talked about that night that she says was particularly embarrassing. After she missed her 1 a.m. curfew, Rachel says her mother became furious. My mom shows
6: up at his house, just humiliating, but...
0: She ended up waking up his parents? Yeah. Yeah. And was she angry?
6: Yeah, she was angry.
0: Was she making a scene?
6: Yeah. I thought she'd overreacted. I was mad, but you get over it.
0: How did Ian feel about her showing up?
6: Ian was livid. He was livid.
0: But does that explain the violence behind Barbara's murder? Detective Mack and other investigators believe that Rachel was really the instigator They believe she manipulated her boyfriend into killing Barbara. He points to a conversation that police secretly recorded between Rachel and Ian while they sat in a police car with a hidden tape recorder.
4: What came out in that uh, tape recording is Rachel's further manipulation of Ian, telling him that he needs to get a good attorney and he needs to get out. But if he can't get out and she does, She's gonna change her appearance and come visit him in in prison, uh, leading him further to believe that if he just takes the blame for everything, she'll love him forever. And clearly that's not the case.
0: Can Rachel convince a jury she's a victim along with her mother? Two years after she was arrested for murder, she went on trial. Prosecutor Sonia Balleste.
5: Rachel Mullinex is an active participant in her mother's murder. A cold, manipulative killer. She's no typical 17-year-old. This one's 17 going
0: on 42. Rachel's attorney, David Cohn, told the jury that Ian Allen and only Ian Allen murdered Barbara Mullinex. But Rachel Mullinex had nothing to do with the killing of her mother. But he's going to have to explain to the jury the evidence that shows that Rachel helped Ian clean up after the murder.
5: You will find evidence that it appears that Barbara Molnix was killed in her bedroom. There was so much blood, that mattress had to be burned. This defendant in particular tries to clean up with a sponge. And interestingly enough, when that sponge was tested for DNA, it shows that it has her mother's blood and her DNA. Not Ian.
0: her. The defense decides to take a gamble and put Rachel herself on the stand to try to explain what happened on that horrendous night of murder.
6: I was gonna wait until um, my mom was asleep. I would call him and tell him to come get me.
0: That was the plan. But then, Rachel says, Ian showed up unannounced at her bedroom door.
6: It scares me at first, because I wasn't expecting him to be in my house. So, you know, I said, why are you, why are you in here? I'm so smoochy downstairs, what's going on? And at that time, when we were talking, my mom, I guess, had woken up and she'd opened her bedroom door. She comes into the hallway and there's a lot of yelling going on. She's yelling, he's yelling, I'm yelling. She turned around, walked back into her bedroom. I just assumed maybe he was gonna go in there and try to just calm her down before anything happened. But I heard a struggle. So I went in there and I walk in and I see my mom on her bed. And Ian is stabbing her in her legs because she's trying to kick him off.
0: But Rachel's story is inconsistent with the evidence. Pathologist Sean Enlow, who did the autopsy on Barbara Molinex, says Rachel's mom was stabbed more than 50 times and that at least three knives were used in the murder.
4: I, I believe it is more likely that it was two assailants than one, and that could have been as few as maybe five minutes for the whole encounter, I, but I, I don't know for sure.
0: We've already heard that Rachel never attempted to contact the police that night. But at trial, the jury hears something even more incriminating. That four hours after her mother's murder, left alone in the condo while Ian was getting rid of evidence, Rachel finally picks up the phone. And who does she call? Out of all the people that
5: you could call now, that you have your phone in your hand, and that you feel that you can use it, you don't call your dad, right? no you don't call 911 no you call your mother's killer right correct you must have felt incredibly betrayed by him yes yes you must have even hated him at that point right yes and out of all the things that you could have said to him you texted him the words I Love you. Is that
0: correct? Yes. When Rachel could have called police, she called Ian instead to tell the man who had just killed her mother that she loves him. And then another text message asking, are you in trouble? And a third one that said, can I call you? Ian's response, he texts back, I love you too. No, I'm not in trouble, and you can't call me right now. I later asked Rachel about those damning texts. It sounds like in those texts that you're worried about where he is. You know, you're saying, where are you? Can I call you? Are you in trouble? I mean, this doesn't sound like a person who's angry with him at all. It sounds like a a young woman who still loves him, even after he killed your mother. I love you, is what the text says. I wanna
6: know what's going on. I wanna know what he's doing. My only goal at that point was to not make him mad, even if he wasn't there. I didn't know what he was capable of doing. I didn't know if he was gonna sit there and do the same thing to my dad, do
0: the same thing to me. I didn't know. The jury took three days to deliberate. Rachel's attorney, David Cohn. When
1: they called and said there was a verdict, I, 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 was, I was hesitant to be too excited about it.
0: When the defendant returned to the courtroom, she was shackled and looked much younger than her 19 years, suddenly sporting pigtails in her hair.
5: We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Rachel Scarlett Molinex guilty of the crime of murder as charging count one of the information in the first degree. Yes. Victim, Barbara Mullinex, dated July 7th
0: guilty of first-degree murder. The jury clearly didn't believe she was a victim. And nearly three months later, Rachel was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. Her father told me later he would stand by her. Do you still love her? I still love her. Completely. Completely. And I
1: always will. I'm very proud that she's my
4: daughter. (laughs) Very proud.
6: <laughs> I'm just a young girl that, that didn't, the wrong guy. I didn't do it. I know I didn't do it. My mom knows I didn't do it.
0: It is rare for a child to kill a parent. The few studies that exist say those events account for only 2% of all homicides. Rachel insists she didn't want her mother dead. But a line I read in one study struck me, and it was this. The relationship between a mother and daughter that ends in murder is usually marked by extreme hostility, but also dependence. Two people who need each other, but one who wants to break free. After Rachel's conviction, Ian Allen was also found guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced to 25 years to life. In October 2022, after serving 16 years in prison, Rachel Mullinex was released on parole. We reached out to Rachel's family, who told us she's doing well and trying to move on with her life. I'm Erin Moriarty, and that's my life of crime. This podcast series is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio and Paramount. Judy Tigard is 48 Hours executive producer. Megan Marcus is vice president for podcast editorial at Paramount. Production and editing for this season by Caroline Casey, Annie Cronenberg, Danny Levy, Megan Marcus, Kiara Norbitz, and Alan Pang. This episode was also produced by Ira Sudo and Mike Villay of 48 Hours. And finally, a thank you to all of you, our listeners. We owe it all to you, the millions of 48 Hours fans. Don't forget to join me online. I'm at EF Moriarty on X and we're at 48 Hours on X, Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.
3: to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com thrill or text thrill to 500-500.
4: If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of the Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's the case, then I've got some good news. We just launched a brand new Strange, Dark, and Mysterious podcast called Mr. Bolland's Medical Mysteries. Go follow Mr. Bollin's Medical Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're a Prime member, you can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.